Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. This show is sponsored by Budget Like a Badass, Oh My Dollar's free workshop on getting started with budgeting. I truly believe implementing a budget is the number one most powerful tool for taking control of your finances. I'm hosting the next Budget Like a Badass on Saturday, April 1st with Books with Pictures, a community comic book store on Southeast 11th and Division. It's totally free, but you need to pre-register. To sign up, head to ohmydollars.com slash bookswithpictures. I look forward to seeing you there and helping you make a plan for your money. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. Let's talk about money. With all the hubbub related to a certain commander-in-chief's taxes last week, I thought it might be topical to discuss the wonders of the special tax savings you can get if you're low or moderate income. One of my favorite tax credits is the saver's credit, which you don't need to be a billionaire to benefit from. This credit actually will pay you money to save for retirement if you're below a certain income. So I hear all the time from low-income folks that they can't afford to save for their retirement. I've been low-income for most of my working career, so I understand the struggle of finding extra cash. I think my average annual income hovers somewhere around the $15,000 mark. The thing is, if you're young, time is really on your side when it comes to investing, regardless of your income. This is true even if you can't make room for huge contributions to your savings. When it comes to long-term investing, early contributions make up for big contributions. If you start in your early 20s, just $25 a month can help set you up for a comfortable, panic-free retirement, even if Social Security gets eliminated. I started putting $50 a month into my Roth IRA when I was 20 years old and I was making $800 a month as an AmeriCorps member. $50 a month seemed like a huge amount of money at the time, but I knew that I wanted to get started early, so I turned back in a few other areas. So we covered this earlier in another episode, but remind me again what a Roth IRA is? Oh yeah, so um, if you remember from past episodes, a Roth IRA is an individual retirement account that you can set up even if your employer doesn't offer a retirement plan. The Roth lets you contribute your savings after you've already paid taxes on it, which is perfect if you're on a, the lower income side because you usually don't pay a ton of taxes compared to someone making a lot of money. The other great thing about a Roth IRA is that it's flexible. So after a few years, you can pull out your contributions without penalty, and you can pull out earnings even before you hit retirement age for things like a down payment on your first home purchase or educational expenses. I'd prefer you not use your Roth IRA as savings for down payment or education, but it's good to know that it's more flexible than the traditional IRA or 401k, which if you pulled money out for those items out of there, you would pay a huge penalty. I never touched my Roth IRA in my 20s, but I always had it in the back of my head that it was a little bit of a safety net. You know, it was not my emergency fund. I had an emergency fund, you know, in my regular savings account, but it was my, oh my God, emotional safety net, thanks to its flexibility. So your emergency net's emergency net. Exactly. Yeah. It was just sort of there to calm me down. So, you know, the thing about my little Roth IRA, wasn't giving a ton to it, was putting in just $50 a month. 
it lived through the recession. So most of my 20s, the country's economy was doing terribly. It was really hard not to panic sometime when I watched my IRA tank as the economy was falling apart. But I just remind myself that I'm in it for the long haul and that there's always ups and downs in the market. The best long-term investments are ones that you don't screw very much with. It's sort of like a bar of soap. The more you touch it, the smaller it gets. (laughs) (laughs) Good investing is boring investing. If you want to understand the kind of investing I did, uh, please go back and listen to the episode from a few weeks ago called Everything You Need to Know About Saving for Retirement. I walk you through the entire allocation strategy I use. So I didn't touch that Roth IRA beyond a few adjustments for allocations, and I mostly just ignored the account other than putting the $50 in each month. Even when I got statements showing a loss at the end of the tax year, I didn't panic or pull my money out, and I didn't stop contributing. And now the economy has mostly recovered, and my measly little $50 a month now stands at over $15,000 in value, nearly half of which is growth rather than money I put in myself. That means the money in my retirement account earned money without me doing anything. Those little dollars made more dollar babies. They're kind of like bunnies. So here's the crazy part. Compound freaking interest is amazing. I'm 29 years old right now. If I don't contribute another cent to that Roth IRA, if I never make another contribution again, based on the average rate of return of 8% after inflation, I will have $500,000 by age 67. Whoa. Yeah. I know. That's crazy. That's enough to support my current lifestyle without working at all. And because I already paid taxes on the dollars I put into the Roth IRA, I won't even pay taxes when I withdraw those dollars. So thanks to my dedication to putting aside money in my 20s, even when my income was very low and it seemed very challenging, compound interest is really helping me out. If I'm lucky and dedicated enough to have a paid-off house by age 67, which is one of my own financial goals, $500,000 will be more than enough to support an even fancier lifestyle than I have now, since most of my income right now goes towards housing. So I think I understand what the Roth IRA is, but what I'm not getting is how this applies to taxes. Yeah. Well, if you're low income and you put a bit of money aside in a Roth IRA or another retirement account, you qualify for the saver's credit. And the saver's credit is the government actually giving you back money on your taxes if you give to retirement to say, thank you for planning for your future. You know, they want to not have you be completely reliant on Social Security since they'll probably destroy it. (laughs) So that means you get a double benefit. You're putting away savings for retirement and you get cash back at tax time. So one of the most important things to consider when it comes to saving on taxes when you're in lower income brackets is the difference between refundable credits and deductions. So what we saw Donald Trump take is deductions. Deductions simply reduce the amount of money you owe to the government. But if you're low income and you don't owe very much, often any taxes at tax time, deductions only go so far. But credits are often refundable, meaning that you can get them back as a refund if they add up to more than what you owe. So this is why some people get large checks during tax time, larger than the amount of taxes they actually contributed. So so those are due to credits, not deductions. Those are due to credits, usually, for lower income people. So the saver's credit sounds a little complicated, but it's, it's not a huge deal. So I'm going to try to walk you through it. Stop me if you get confused, Will. If your adjusted gross income falls below $30,750, which means your income after what are called above-the-line deductions, which means the standard deduction of $6,300 for single folks, 
Um, so this is if you're not itemizing deductions. Usually okay. you don't itemize deductions unless you're very high income or you own a house. Most people don't itemize their deductions. Um, so the standard deduction is 6300 So if your income is below $30,750 after you're above the line deductions, then you qualify for the savers credit. Above the line deductions also include accounts such as retirement accounts. So if you give to a 401k or even an IRA, those get deducted from your total income to add up to your AGI. So this and is the AGI is your adjusted gross income. Adjusted okay. gross income. So gross income stands for all of your income, right? Mm-hmm. So the total amount that you've made before taxes and before deductions. Okay. And then adjusted gross income is your gross income adjusted with those deductions. With those deductions. Gotcha. So this is where the creative accounting can really kick in if you're low income. You can qualify for the savers credit, for example, if you make $37,000 a year as a single person, but you take the regular standard deduction of $6,500 and then you contribute $1,000 or $83 a month pre-tax to a 401k. So for most people, this amounts to about $50 a month out of your paycheck if you have access to a 401k and you have kind of a, an average low-income tax uh, range. Because you've contributed $1,000 over the course of the year to your 401k and after you're above the line deductions, you've made less than $30,750. The government will give you back 10% of your retirement contributions as a credit. That means hmm. you'll get 100 extra dollars back just for prioritizing saving. Well, that sounds like a good deal. It's a really good deal. And what's really cool is the amount that you get back goes up even more if your income is lower. So if you're a single person, if your adjusted gross income falls below $18,250, which after accounting for deductions usually makes means that you make around minimum wage working full time, mm-hmm. you get to claim 50% of your contribution up to $2,000. That means you'll get $1,000 back on your taxes if you manage to put $2,000 aside over the course of the year. And then you're doubly ahead. Then you're super ahead. Or 50% ahead. Yeah. 50% ahead. <laughs> uh, well, you're also ahead because you've put $2,000 right, away. Right, and that's your... great. <laughs> uh, and there's nothing to say that you can't just throw that $1,000 into your uh, IRA as well. So there's a few limitations on this credit. You need to be over the age of 18. You need to file using one of the simpler forms, 1040 or 1040-easy. Mm-hmm. Usually, you're not going to do anything really compu- complicated with your taxes if you're lower income. And you can't be a full-time student or claimed as a dependent on someone else's tax return. So if you're still a dependent on your parents' tax return, you can't use this credit. I know some people are going to say, oh, I'm under 26. I'm on my parents' health insurance. Um, just because you're on your parents' health insurance doesn't necessarily mean they claim you as a dependent on your taxes. So you need to know that. You need to know if you're claimed as a dependent or not. You should know that anyway when you're filing for taxes because it affects your taxes. Yeah. Um, uh, so just because you're on your parents' health insurance doesn't necessarily mean they're claiming you as a dependent. So be aware of that. You might qualify for this even if you're on your parents' health insurance. So I know, I hear you grumbling that this sounds great, but you didn't contribute to retirement last year, so it doesn't really help you out now. Um, But this is a really cool thing about it. If you're interested in getting the savers credit and you haven't yet contributed to an IRA, you can still give to an IRA for the 2016 tax year and have it count towards your 2016 taxes. You have until tax day, April 18th, 2017, to do so. 
All you have to do is you have to make sure when you make the contribution, when you say, hey, I've got this chunk of money, I want to put it in an IRA, you have to tell whoever is in charge of your IRA, either the bank, the investment firm, Mm -hmm. that the contribution, you want it to count towards 2016. Oh, so it could count for 2017. It also could count for 2017. I see. So there's usually, if you're doing this online, there's usually a drop down menu when you give a when you contribute to your IRA so you say mm-hmm. hey I want to transfer $500 into it it'll ask which tax year you want to contribute towards um, up till April 18th it'll say hey do you want this to be 2016 or 2017 if you don't see a drop down menu just just call I know using a phone sucks but uh, just just <laughs> call your sometimes we have to yeah yeah Um, And you can make up to $5,500 in contributions per year. So (laughs) if you're at kind of that higher end of the spectrum and you want to get your income down below the threshold to qualify for this and you have the money to get $5,500, that equals about $458 a month. So um, that's, you know, when I when I had a full time job. uh, And I was making good money, I was able to do that and still qualify for the savers credit. Well, see, I'm excited about this because this year for taxes, I got really hammered from a 1099 contracting job I had, which Mm -hmm. I wasn't paying taxes on. So now I'm kind of looking for things I can do next year to be smarter about that money coming in and paying taxes on it. Yes. Uh, This is one thing you can do. Uh, Another thing you should do is probably save for those taxes. Probably. Yeah. um, I I know a lot of people that are 1099 that don't think about it. They kind of forget that they are going to owe not only all of their taxes because their employer's not taking it out. You also have to pay a self-employment tax. Uh, which is 9.8% on top of that. Mm-hmm. So you really got to set aside about 30 to 38% of that money needs to get set aside, which really sucks when it's your, you know, it's it your does. income. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is one of the ways that you can set that money aside, but also save and get some money back. You can really run some numbers. Um, claiming credits can really be a big headache for people. A lot of people are very scared of taxes. It's It's incredibly, the tax code is stupidly complicated when it doesn't need to be. Um, But I want to remind you that if you're low or moderate income, you can get your taxes done by qualified volunteers for free. This is not just true in Portland. It's all over the country. The AARP Foundation runs Tax Aid, which is the largest volunteer program in the country, to help people prepare their taxes for free. The volunteers are either CPAs, tax preparers, or they're just motivated individuals who go through a 40-hour IRS tax education program. It's just as good or even better than getting your tax taxes done at one of those mega chains um Hmm. it's totally free and it's way less stressful than using online tax prep software if you're trying to you know gain one of these credits and um figure it out there's sites all over portland some of them you can make reservations other ones are walk-in they're usually in libraries or schools um they often speak a ton of other languages you can find someone that speaks russian that speaks chinese um, so to find a site near you, all you have to do is go online to aarp.org slash money slash taxes slash aarp underscore tax aid. I really wish I had a shorter URL. For- You'll, uh, you can find it in the show notes for this episode, too. They're really great volunteers. I volunteered with this program for years. Um, a lot of these people are just people that have been doing taxes for their entire careers and are now retired and just want to give back. Um, and you know, they'll give you a nice little packet that has all your info in it. They'll e-file just like you would if you did online tax prep software. 
Um, and this can be one of the places that you can start. And if you are doing your taxes and you have 1099 income, they mm-hmm. can help you figure out what kind of strategies you might be able to implement this year in order to pay less next year. That all, that all makes sense. I've, 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 I've been trying to step up my savings, and this <laughs> sounds like a really great way to incentivize that as well as... Uh... As, as well as get a head start on doing better at taxes for next year. Yeah. And, you know, I also want to let folks know if you're not in your early 20s and you heard all that compound interest stuff and you're now depressed, it's okay. The best time to start saving is right now. Um, it's fine if you're not in your 20s anymore and you didn't start saving in your 20s. Just start now. It's it's not <laughs> a big deal. Our producer is Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. And I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Oh My Dollar is now a weekly podcast, so you don't need to wake up at 7.30 a.m. to hear the show. You can check us out on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.